welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast by Wales Online. Before we start, a massive thank you to however you are listening to this podcast. Just a word of warning, we put this podcast out three times a week, but we don't always know which day it's going to come out on. So the only way to be the first to listen to it is to get notifications, and you do that by subscribing. Why not drop us a cheeky review while you're there? Right, that's that out of the way. Let's talk rugby. I'm Ben James, and I'm joined by Matthew Southcombe and Simon Thomas. We've all been... Over the road in the Principality Stadium to watch Wales lose their penultimate World Cup mm. warm-up match. But that's not the real story here, is it? It's the fact that, as we're sitting here, Warren Gatlin is probably getting ready to sit in a hotel room a bit nicer than this one no. to uh, pick his 31-man squad. We are in our selection meeting, so I am Mr Gatland. <laughs> oh, he's, pulled, he's pulled rank. We, we've done. <laughs> I am the old one. We're actually the same age, I think. Oh, well, that, make, that would make sense then. Who's the youngest of the trio? Well, that's a question. Well, that would be it? you, wouldn't it, anyway? It, w- it would be me. Exactly. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle. Bride, isn't um, he? Robin McBride. A little bit offended that you had to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going we're, we're gonna to run the rule over it and we're going to come up with our squad, aren't we? Yeah. Absolutely. So let's um, let's get into it, Matt. Where, where do you want to start? I'm going to... Well, I suppose you almost almost forgot that Wales lost today. It was, I, you know, it's not one of those where we forget about it because they've lost, but, you know, it's uh, they are bigger fish to, to sort of fry, aren't they? Um I guess the best place to start would be with the biggest talking point, which was fly half like beforehand, wasn't it? You know, that was yeah. the, the real head-to-head before before the match today. It was interesting because they both had 40 minutes. They both knew the situation. I think going into it, most people were of a view that Jared Evans was slightly ahead, perhaps purely because of the fact that he had been on the bench last week, against the uh, last game against England, and was starting this one. Um but I think it may well have changed come the end of the game. I think Jared started quite brightly. You know, he does what he does. He testing the opposition defence with ball and hand, but a lovely weighted uh, cross kick over Jacob Stockhill's head into Owen Lane's hands. It was looking decent for him, but it it just unravelled a bit for him. He missed a penalty kick from in front of the posts, and that's inevitably going to have a bit of an impact on you. And then he uh, put another penalty out on the full, um, rather you know. Mistouch, Mistouch yeah. rather, you know, when he was trying to go out in the full and perhaps going for a bit too much yardage. And you, you could just see, and I'm probably thinking all the time, I've only got 40 minutes, there's only five minutes, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And it ended perhaps with him having slipped away a little bit. And then it was over to Mr. Patchell. And Matt, I think we both agree that he took his chance really well. Yeah, I think he, um, you know, it, uh, like you said, Evan started well and, and things. When he missed the, the penalty, it was kind of like, all right, what happens in the next 10 minutes is going to tell us a lot about him, you know, whether he bounces back from that or, you know, you'll see it affect his game in different ways. And, you know, it's difficult to say, but then the, he doesn't quite catch that kick to touch well and uh, miss his touch and it get, the game gets away from him slightly. Whereas Patchell, you know, as soon as he came on the field, it was it was almost an air, more of an air of calm. He was, he was yeah. vocal. He was telling people where to go like Patchell does. You know, he was telling his forwards where he wanted them. He was running the show. He was drifting in behind. You know, his hands were just, you know, the passing, the range of passing was fantastic. And, and he kicked well. And, you know, he did it. He had all the hallmarks, really, of what you would consider a, a Gatland outside half. And um, obviously scored the try on top as well. There was a ball over the top onto Jonah Holmes, but he, he decided to go himself and got it. So, you know, fair play to him. But 
you know, it's not a slight on Jared Evans. It just didn't come off for him today. And um, and Patchell really took his chance. And it was, you know, to be honest, it was great to see because it's been a difficult, difficult year for him, really, since that Argentina tour. So, you know, you could see the confidence growing as well as, as the game wore on, made his tackles as well, which is a, the biggest question mark over Patchell. So, you know, I don't think there can be too many um, question marks over that decision now. I think a key moment was when he converted Owen Lane's tribe. It was wide out on the right. It, yeah. it wasn't a straightforward one. And there were, there were 63, 64 minutes gone then. I mean, the third quarter of the game, he'd had limited opportunities because Wales had been under the cosh with their scrummaging problems down, you know, and picked up a yellow card. So he really, was. it, it wasn't a huge amount of time. But in that third quarter, you could just see, once he put that penalty over, you could just see you know, the chest puffing out a bit, more confidence there. And by the end, you ended up with the with the Reese Patchell of a year ago. You know, if, it has to be remembered, he, he came away from the 2018 summer tour really as Wales' number 110 had well chronicled issues then another concussion perhaps knocked him in terms of the physical contact and confidence there lost his position with the Scarlets he's had to come from a fair way down you know to get up into the, the reckoning for, for the tour but he had 40 minutes and he took his chances and you could, you could just see the old Reese Patchell coming back and I'm really pleased for him you know, you never want a player to go through, you know, the difficult physical times he's been through. Concussion is a horrible thing. And he's fought back really well. He's had it 40 minutes to get onto that plane for Japan. And I think he's done it. Yeah, we couldn't disagree. Good. Well, that's that's one decision made. Um, where should we move next? Well, I think fullback is, is fascinating because it has a knock-on from Reese Patchell's situation. Yeah. Because as well as being the understudy to Dan Bigger, we now think, he does also offer, you know, you know, a real ability to play at 15. And that possibly might have an impact when it comes to determining the back three. I think we're working here on the basis, of course, that he'll take five back three players in an 18 or 13 split between forwards and, and backs. That being the case, you've got, you know, the, the sort of Grand Slam trio of North Adams and Liam Williams, yep. plus the hugely experienced Lee Halfpenny certainties. And then it was always really going to come down to which one of the other, you know, back three options would he go through. And it's the one, I sat down and looked at the 31, and I tell you what, this is the one I'm still not absolutely sure about. I think it's a real, real 50-50 call between Hallam Amos and Owen Lane. Both of them did good things, I thought, today. Um Amos is always quite polished is what he does. He's, yeah. he's just a nice player to watch. Uh, Lane, there was an element of rawness to it, but he, he offers a kind of an explosive power, both out wide and when he comes in field. And what he knows as well, as we saw today, he knows his way to that try line. That was a big moment for him. Took the ball out wide. You know, there's still work to do. Steps inside both Jack Carty and Luke McGrath. Shows the finishing we've seen for Cardiff Blues. You know what? It's a tricky one. I just think he might have just a nose in front of Alan Amos. It's a big call, that one. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the try and some people would say, you know, it, you've seen other players do that, but Owen Lane does it time and again. Yeah. And it, it can, there comes a point where it can't just be a coincidence. And I know what Simon's saying because I, I put on Twitter that Hallam Amos got my nod. Having sat down and thought about it for a bit more, I think Owen Lane might just get it. Um, and you know, I'm like Ben; it's not like me to go back on my decisions when I make them. But no, I think say that again. <laughs> I think when you when you look at the squad, right, and you look at the other four back three players that they've picked, three of them can cover fullback. George North is the only player who can't cover fullback. Yeah. So when you look at where the squad needs that cover, 
Number 15 isn't one of them. Well, you've got four covering fullbacks. Um, well, Patchell, Patchell. Patchell. And I think what that means is they can now go for an out-and-out wide man. Yeah. I, I like Callum Amos. I've watched him play a number of years coming through and he's like a 16 for the Dragons. He's a polished player, you know, and he... He makes lovely little angles. The one thing I think, when he does get in those wide situations, sometimes you can find himself being squeezed into touch. Mm. Perhaps there's always been the issue, does he have the out-and-out gas to be an international wing? We saw actually playing fullback today, which probably is, you know, I think probably I his think best position, best, yeah. you know. But we've got fullbacks. What we probably needed, you know, is an absolute out-and-out winger. And I do think the strength that Owen Lane brings, the ability to cut back inside, stay alive. There were a couple of times in that second half where he would go very wide and you thought he was going to touch and he would either use his strength to force his way infield or there was one particular occasion sticks in my mind where he gave a nice one-handed offload. He's the kind of bloke who kind of makes things happen. I think that, you know, he might get caught out positionally, you know, be, you know moving into test rugby defensively because he's, he's still very young in, in rugby terms. But, hey, listen, at the end of the day, what do we you know is up to the coaches. But I think... Gatlin, I, I always get the feeling he's the kind of bloke who likes to take one kind of bolter, yeah. mm. you know, one kind of wild card, someone who could really kind of step up. And I think Owen Lane could be that guy, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, the only the only question mark Simon alluded to is is the rawness and, uh, you know, an experienced side might be able to manipulate him. But I think every side at this World Cup should be going in with a sort of joker in the pack, somebody who's a bit of an unknown quantity, but has got serious talent. And and that's Owen Lane, and and you know that that based on everything we've just discussed, might be the the thing that gets him in the squad. Yeah, and he's not he's not a complete. I know it's his first cap, but he's not a complete sort of unknown, is he? You look at England; they've picked um, your favourite player, uh, Rui McConaughey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he he is a literal unknown. He came from sevens last year, hasn't you know missed yeah. the first two Wales games in terms of caps. Owen Lane Gatlin knows him because he's wanted to call him up at every single sort of yeah. squad opportunity in the last year. Yeah, the, the other thing about today, there was I one imagine, I imagine he's impressed in training. Yeah, mm. well, I think the, the, he's made the point, and he Gatland, that, you know, his starting point, you, you know, it was a shock to the system, as it always is for any new boy coming into Wales, but yeah. he's been impressed by what he's done. There was one moment, one other moment that stuck in my mind today. It was down the, the kind of right-hand side as we were looking down from the press box. It was a first phase, I think I was either off a scrum or a ruck, yeah. and Alec Davis put the ball out, and Lane had come off his right wing into yeah. midfield, took the ball as first receiver, ran straight in, I think it was Jack Carty, or maybe... It, I think it was Carty, it was, yeah. it was one of the halfbacks, and he just drove forward, mid-ground, and you just think, this Welsh squad, there aren't a huge amount of gain-line-breaker ball carriers in it, and the one thing about Lane, you have got the option with him, give it to him, in the same way as they use parks of, of nine balls sometimes, don't yeah. they? You can give it to Lane, and you will make yardage. It's not much fun to understand in the way of bloke of his side. Yeah, it's, the old, it's the old Cuthbert angle. And the nice thing about that was, obviously, he took that up on that first phase, mm. got up, they obviously think they picked and go through Navidi. He followed the play around, he was ready to take it at first phase again, sort of following on yeah. left across the field. Like he's he's recognising where the play's going. He yeah. wants to offer himself. And yeah, there was you, one you of, cannot accuse him of not getting involved. No, he, I mean, he looks he looks to get involved. And, you know, that's what Gatton always just talk about. A number of hand, times you'd like to see someone like Shane Williams, a hands-on ball. There was another one, because the one thing is he's he's, he's been growing up in public, you know, in terms of his defence, because he was, as I've said before, you know, all the way through his age groups, I've watched this kid since he's 12, 13 years old. He was always a centre. He was the best centre in the Cardiff junior circuit. He played for Rubina. You just knew there was something special. And it's great to see him come through. So he's been having to learn up, learn the, the arts of, of wing defending. And that's probably been the, the one element 
watching him at the Blues, there has been that little bit of rawness. There was one moment today where he just picked the absolute right moment to come slightly up the line when Ireland were pressing on the far side, picked his man, made the tackle and snuffed it out. And I just thought, yeah, he's it's coming on. I mean, and working with Sean Edwards, you know. You, you can only learn, can't yeah. you? I think we've, uh, I think we've convinced ourselves. Eh? Yeah, I think we have. So it's Halim Amos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, where's the next fifty-fifty? Well, the uh, the next one, we might as well stick with the backs and go into the midfield. I mean, that's the next, <laughs> that's the next headache, isn't it? This is this is an absolute hill you're willing to die on, isn't it? Oh, well, Benjamin, I know you've got some strong views on this. You think they're strong? I don't think there's anything particularly strong. Look, Scott Williams had a great game today. Oh. But what I said to you before kickoff was, I don't think it matters what happens today. I think Gatland and Co. have got walking written down in pen, not pencil. Why? Scott's been out of the game internationally for a year. In that time, they've placed a lot of stock in Owen Watkin. You know it yourself. You spoke to the people at the you know you sp- people at the union. You you know the sort of stock they placed. Well, they yeah, they wanted him to come through. He's only had one real start this year, so I wouldn't say they're that enamoured with him. But you know, I take your point. He's been involved in in a lot of matches, be it on the bench or on the in the starting side. But you know, I wouldn't be quite ready to say they're fully confident with him. But I looked at the stats when I was doing this piece just now and Owen Watkin has played in 12 tests since Scott Williams last played a test. So he's been involved a lot, been part of the setup. He's come on in, you know, at phases of big games, been solid. I went in today thinking his nose was in front. Just, you know, Scott's had a kind of plagued by injuries last season, played very little, you know, had catch-up to do. I thought he caught up today. Mm. I, Owen Watkin is is a real, you know, real no frills, hard tryer, gives everything physically. Try, you know, really wants to do well and hasn't let Wales down at all in the times he's played. I just think Scott Williams possibly has, as our good friend Andy Howell always says, he has the X factor, <laughs> right? And there was the, the the try, Wales's first try today, kind of summed it up. He took the pass from Owen Watkin. There was a man right in his face, and in one movement, hands across the chest, balls away, out to Owen Lane, try. That's the kind of thing he can offer. And he kind of reminded us today that he does have that footballing handling ability and just offers something that bit different in the centre. You've got two physically strong guys in the Grand Slam pairing of um, Parks and Jonathan Davis. Scott Williams just probably has that footballing element and I think if you were looking at that today, you th- I mean, this is a guy who's got, was it 47 caps? He's, well, he's, he's got, got a huge experience. Played, played at two World Cups. 57. Yeah, it's so a, lot, a lot of caps. I think if you're looking at today, my own view would be, it would be uh, Scott Williams going. Don't get me wrong, I want him to go. Because <laughs> I, I think, but you look at it, you think, right, Hadley Parks and John Davis are starting. So the question is, who do you want coming off the bench in the big games and then starting against Uruguay? Mm. And if you take that objectively, it's Scott, mm-hmm. because I, I just think as a as an impact player, we know what he can do. He he can provide those moments. He can, he can change games. Yeah, I think Owen Watkins is a great guy to come on in your winning position. You want someone who's going to put their body on the line, carry it up for you, make the tackles. Huge commitment. I think if you want, if you're chasing a game, which Wales, you know, Wales might be. If they're going to win the World Cup, there's going to be some time they're going to be chasing the yeah. game. You probably looked up Scott Williams, but then again, it depends what he wants on the bench, doesn't it? What you know? You've got your two outside backs. 
what will they be? Will there be a ten, a fifteen? I mean, you've got that's the that's the thing when you've got players yeah. in yeah. different positions. But I think it, it's a fifty-fifty call again. Well, although I think if you look at it today, it's become more of a sixty-forty. But mm. I think given the background, it's a fifty-fifty, and it'll be the one of the ones we're really looking at tomorrow. Yeah, it'd be. Uh I'd be pleased to see Scott Williams get there purely based on the fact that I've been bang, been banging the drum for him this last week or so. But um, the drums, the drums worn out. It is, yeah. But you know, you know, hey Benjamin, you asked my opinions, I give you my opinions. Um, I don't remember asking. Yeah, he's. Um, I'm just know, glad. I think it's great to see him fit and back yeah. on the international stage. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. given, like you said, the, the form he showed for the Ospreys at the start of the year. He could have been a big weapon for them this year. So there was a kick he put in as well in that game, a kind of raking kick right into the sort of. The, the corner section and that's something else that he does off yeah, and he's got that ability to do that textbook textbook Scott Williams that is <laughs> right um, the next 50-50 I think that's probably the front row do you agree? yeah we, I think we're moving away from 50-50s now I think I think those were the real ones that are, that are causing headaches I think now we're moving more into sort of 70-30 60-40 territory oh mate I hate maths well, one player once said to me how's your fitness looking this year I'm 70-40 so <laughs> uh, no names no names front row is interesting because that was another one we were looking at could someone come in as the bolter and the bolter we were watching was Reese Carrick mm. his first start what you did know is this is a guy who's only started three games of senior rugby for Cardiff Blues against Lyon Uruguay and Edinburgh so that's a you know to, to be fast tracked well, into well. a World Cup squad from that background you've got to really grab your chance and he had to rip up trees did he rip up enough trees in this game? I don't know I don't know if it was enough but it was enough to to become a headache that I certainly didn't expect yeah. to to arise. I thought out of the fringe players in that first half, he was the one who who you would say, yeah, you you've done well. That was a decent debut. Yeah. But if you look at the one kind of unique selling point that was going to get him on the play, and it's his ball carrying, mm. and. Ireland clearly were aware of that because they hit him hard as soon as he got the ball. I think he had four carries, pretty mid, didn't make, so made pretty limited headway. Um, so wasn't really, didn't have the opportunity to just show what he can do, which is break a line and go away then. Um, scrummaging front, this is all contextual, isn't it? Because you, you, before you'd have said, well, you know, he's a, a work in progress in the scrum. Is that the area where he's going to lose out? The trouble is you're in a time when, when everybody's having a go at the Welsh scrum is struggling. Yeah, so it's not no kind of, it's no not really, I mean, and actually, you could argue that the, the scrum was slightly stronger with him on, you know. But I, I just wonder whether he's done enough, really, to force his way onto that um, plane. Uh, my gut feeling would be that, you know, Wynne Jones, who's been part of the setup for quite a while, quite a reliable figure, probably as an edge in terms of a scrimmager, big worker, I think he would probably be... Um, likely to go but I think what today again Matt has shown us is whatever the combination is it's just further proof that we have major major issues when it comes to our scrimmaging yeah I would agree with that I mean you know if nothing else Warren Gatlin's done Wales a favour by capping Rhys Curry you know he's moving to Saracens now and he could have he could have qualified for England if I'm not mistaken so you know he's probably I think he's probably left himself with a bit too much to do yeah. in, in 40 minutes to displace what is really a settled sort of loose head trio um, there, but you know I thought he did well, and and like Simon said, the 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 front row sort of topic of debate really is that the scrum remains a, a concern, and you know there's only so many times you can say we had questions about the referees' interpretation today because they've had three different referees and they've struggled three times. 
So, you know, I think Robin McBride has got some work to do and I think other teams in this tournament in the World Cup will look at Wales and say, Joe, you know what, we can get after them at the scrum and that's not a good place to be. There's not much time either. I mean, if you look no. at it, it was good to see Samson Lee and Rob Evans playing again because neither of them had played for quite a while. But it's going to take them time to get back up to speed. Um, it sounds a bit harsh, but I think it's got to be said at the moment. You look at the six likely props, or whoever it is, whichever six you take, and none of them really at the moment are firing in a way that would give you absolute confidence. Yeah. And you look at it and you say, "What can be done?" I mean, when it's clear we're not going to be we're not going to be a destructive force in the scrum. No. What we've got to be able to do is is to cope. That, mean, that means a lot more. Route one ball, quick it out quickly, because whenever we hung around in the scrum today, that we had problems. You know. Felt bad for Josh and oh, at the back of that. That's a, it's a, it's an issue. I mean, they clearly know the one area of the game they've got to be focusing on now. Yeah, the saving graces that Samson Lee and Thomas Francis have both got reputations earlier on in their careers for being really good scrummagers. So can they can they rediscover that or can they adjust to what is now being presented to them in these interpretations and you know the changing of the hooker yeah. you know and all that sort of thing um yeah can they adjust to this before there really is no second chances you know because the thing is the scrummaging we've seen in the these three warm up games so far if that's replicated in the world cup we ain't going to win it oh totally we ain't going to get very far because as you said, teams will target it, and you cannot. You, I mean, in a way, we sort of got got through it in the last game against England. You know, yeah. through being yeah. very strong in other areas. But if you've got that fundamental flaw at the heart of your platform, yeah. you've got problems. Well, the two games we've lost in these warm-ups have been where the teams have identified that and used it to sort of kill off the game in the sort of the second half. England did it in the last 20 and yeah. Ireland did it in the sort of third quarter. Third quarter. Well, yeah. it was a, it was a penalty tried to there and that was a difference, wasn't it? Yep. So no no more needs to be said in that regard, but yeah, it's a problem that they need to sort out. Okay, I think that's that's all the sort of the shootouts uh done. So let's let's do what Gatland and Co will do at the end of their selection meeting. Let's run through all the positions. I think there's one other thing. Down. Yeah, the one other thing we which came out today which we should mention is the second row situation regarding Corey Hill. Yeah. Because that's thrown a bit of a spanner in the works. There was always a concern wasn't there about his fitness. He hasn't played since the game against England. England, yeah. You know, and we learned today that he's got what I think what the phrase is a leg, a leg fracture, a, small a stress fracture, fracture yeah. you know. So, and we're told he's not going to be available till the second or third game. So there's a big decision to make here. Do you name him? What do you do? Obviously, yes. you could at this point, um, <laughs> between now and, and the first World Cup, or during the World Cup, replace him with another player. And I think, you know, someone like Bradley Davis could come in. Um, or do you just decide that, you know, this is too much of a gamble and, and we don't take him? I think the fact you, you are likely to have Aaron Shingler in the back row division somebody who can step in into the second row means they can probably get away with giving uh, Corey the first two couple of games off and you've got sufficient backup there but it's a big decision to make isn't it? It is a big call and you know the ramifications throughout the squad are pretty massive really and you know someone like James Davis who probably looked like a man who who probably knew he wasn't going to make a World Cup squad at the full-time whistle today you know, if, if Shingler goes as a second row, then there's a back row spot opened up and, and there's only one other bloke to take. But it, but if Hill, is, if they decide Hill 
isn't fit enough and they don't include him. Do you think they would take Bradley Davis as a fourth, second row, or would they take Shingler and bring an extra back row like James yeah, Davis in? It depends. It depends how good they think Aaron Shingler is at lock. I mean, you know, Brad- Bradley Davis didn't really set the world on fire today, did he? No. And you know, he's had his injury. He's had his own injury problems. You know, certainly in the last couple of years, and, yeah. and more recent than that as well. You know, he wasn't taking full parts in training up until a couple of weeks ago. So you know, he's not exactly always fit and firing. So I think the most likely option is that Shingler would go over Bradley Davis. Um, I but would, yeah, you know, I think I, they'll name Hill, though, won't they? They'll I, name I, I Hill. Think, I'm convinced they'll name Hill tomorrow. And then, and then when's our first game? September the twenty third. My birthday. Happy birthday. Um, <laughs> I expect cards in my hotel so, room in Japan. So let's just go through the sequence. First up, Georgia. Georgia. Then... Six days later, Australia. And then... Ten days till Fiji. I think they'll take that risk because if you think about it, you're going to have three of the three three of the three of the second rows in the matchday squad and four of the five back rows. It's Presumably, Shingler won't... If form is as it is, Shingler probably won't get into the matchday it's squad. It's, it's, it's then you've, you've got Shingler in that Ooh. 31 covering second row and back row outside the match the day 23 that, if that makes sense the thing that worries me is you, you'd be talking then somebody going in to a World Cup game not having played a game of rugby for more than seven months yeah and you know we've seen what, what have we seen every time players have come in cold there was that there was a, the performance at Twickenham where all 15 players came in cold um, and then like Shingler himself was, was, a, was a prime candidate for that you know players who don't have game time you know they do make mistakes when they come back, and and they're not as effective. And you know I think oh, it, it's tricky, but I I think purely on Corey Hill's got a chance on the basis of who else. Yeah. You know if you had Seb Davis yeah. or Rory Thornton fit and firing, then and like impressing, then there would be a decision to make. And similarly, if you had Ellis Jenkins, Faletto, Thomas Young. All in the mix. Yeah. You'd look at it that way. Yeah. You could do that and move Shingler up to the road. You, yeah. you say about Hill sort of being rusty, but mm. ultimately the two games he's probably going to come in for are is it Uruguay and then no, Fiji first, Fiji then Uruguay. then Uruguay. Yeah, but that Fiji game is, could be massive. Could, yeah, definitely. That, that could be winner takes all. Because Fiji, that will be Fiji's last game at the World Cup. Assuming they lose to Australia, they will know that if they the win that game, is he wouldn't start that game. So Hill might not play into Uruguay. Possibly not. And then you're in a point of well, what's the point? <laughs> you're halfway through the tournament by then. You know, it's, mm, you're going to yeah. want to protect, certainly manage I, I, game time. I think you know, having talked to people in the world set up about Coriel, they they really value his leadership oh, massively. They value, I think, his footballing ability. He's got that you know ability to sort of give the ball out from the from the first receiver, which they Wills like to do a lot with the yeah, forward yeah. taking it. He's comfortable in that role. He makes good calls in terms of lineouts. Um, they'll want him on board. They'll want him in that group. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And fingers crossed he can get back in time, you know. Okay, right, let's n- nail down the 31 squad now very okay. quickly. So um, I think we're... Let's start with the piece of paper that you've, you've printed out here. We're probably in agreement, so I pretty much... Uh, yeah. Let's go from the back to front then, outside backs. Uh, Josh Adams, Lee Halfpenny, Owen Lane, George North, Liam Williams. Any quibbles? Well, I say it's a 50-50 yeah. call with Amos, but I think we both overview that that is our gut feeling lane. Yeah, okay. I haven't got an auctioneer's gavel or anything like that, but if I would, I'd hammer <laughs> that. That's on. done. Yeah. All right, centres, Jonathan Davis, Hadley Park, Scott Williams I've got down. Do you want to... I think 50-50 again, but my gut would say Scott Williams just because he offers something different. I think Ben might disagree. I just think it's going to be Owen Watkin. 
Okay, but if enough. it's if it's Scott Williams, I will be delighted. Oh, you don't can't backtrack. That's no. not a backtrack. Uh, fly half Dan Bigger, Reese Patchell. I think yep. that's obvious. Uh, and then the three scrum halves. Although I would say I think Alan Davis is lucky that they're planning on taking three scrum halves. Thomas Williams is in the match day squad. If he starts in Dublin next Thomas week, Thomas shows what he the offers, will, doesn't he? And he, he just, could start. He you wouldn't like playing against him because he's got the ability to get the ball very quickly yeah. and also sniper on the fringes. Not a nice man to defend against. He's I think overtaken one Davis and will put pressure on another Davis come the World Cup yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll start him in Dublin next week to give him game time and if he plays well I think he starts the World Cup yeah oh, oh okay. bold big call um, okay loose head props uh, Rob Evans Wynn Jones and Nicky Smith happy with that uh, hookers obviously the three of them Elliot D sorry do you want to say something no I was just saying I, I think I don't think I'd write carry completely out of it yeah, but, but I think I'm not sure he's done enough so I think he probably will be Wynn Jones Fair enough. It'll be uh, a late night for Gatland, is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hookers, uh, Elliot D. Ryan Elias Ken Owens, job done. Tight dead, Samson Lee, Dylan Lewis, Thomas Francis. Um, nailed on. Uh, we've gone for the, the four locks Jake Ball, Adam Beard, Corey Hill, and uh, some other bloke, Alan Wynn Jones. Never heard of him. Just testing. Uh, and then the back row of Ross Moriarty, Josh Navidi, Aaron Shingler, Justin Tipperick, and Aaron Wainwright. Yeah, important to say, people may not be aware, Moriarty was pulled out of today's game. We were told he had a bit of hip problem, which is a concern. But um, the words from Warren Gatland is it's not an issue, and, yeah. which is good news because we don't be losing any of our other key back row men. No, so that leaves... The, nine, the players missing out uh, Jared Evans Owen Watkin Jonah Holmes Steph Evans Hallam Amos uh, Reese Carey Leon Brown Bradley Davis and James Davis unfortunately it's a horrible, si- got a horrible situation to be in but, um, someone's got to let those boys know as well yep. it's a horrible and those boys have also got to probably be aware that there's another game next, week, next weekend where we expect the first team to play you get injuries in oh, these warm up games there are going to be boys you know it, how many players were called up in the last World Cup over six or seven oh my <laughs> word yeah. so you know keep your phone on yeah there we go. I think uh, you two did a very nice job as uh, Gatlin and Howley. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. So there we go. That's the podcast done for today. We'll be back tomorrow with a podcast reacting to uh, the squad announcement. That'll be a little bit longer, so keep an eye out for that one. But until then, you can catch all the latest news on Wales Online.